Hello, law firm owners, and welcome to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. Today, I'm going to share with you what the Wildly Successful Law Firm method is, and just keep in mind that even if you're not part of my program, you can still apply these principles because it's fairly standard and easy to understand. So let's get right into this episode. Okay, so A lot of times as law firm owners, we think that the solution to our law practice to making more money is that, you know, we've got to have more automations or we have to have more people or we need a better CRM system or we need better pricing or we need better marketing. We're looking at your business you're looking at your business as just one thing that you need to do to improve it. The reality about having a business is that it's not limited to just one area. It's limited to, it's expanded to the entire business, right? You can't just work on your pricing and then think everything is going to be perfect. And here's why. Let's say, for example, you hire a new SEO team. They're doing their job. They're doing a great job, right? They are bringing in five clients every month to you. These are five ideal clients and you know that they are doing a great job because your phone is ringing finally, right? And you're super excited about it. Now, those clients end up working with you and they pay you, let's say based on $300 an hour. Now, even at $300 an hour, even with what you're spending on this advertising, this SEO team, you are still short $2,000 every month. That's $2,000 that's not going to paying off student loan debt, or it's $2,000 that's not going into your retirement or into your savings or into your mortgage, whatever it is, you and your financial planner, or just you know that you are short of reaching your monthly goal. But who's to blame, right? Your SEO team is doing exactly what they need to be doing. Your team is doing the work and they're billing the time. Now, the problem then becomes, okay, so then maybe you're not charging enough, right? So the clients are coming in, but maybe you're not charging $350 an hour, where if you charge that amount, you would be able to meet that you know, $2,000 gap that you have. So keep in mind that as you solve one thing in your practice, it's not like everything is gonna be solved, right? Like you have to solve things as they come up and you may not even realize that it's a problem until it comes up as a problem, right? So the whole idea behind the Wildly Successful Law Firm program is for you to stop putting out fires, for you to have more control and awareness in your practice, and for you to become uh, diagnostic instead of preventative, right? So we don't want you to be in a position where you are constantly putting out fires and you're only ever reacting and responding to the things that are going out. You need to have you know, a 10,000 foot view and a view that is in the weeds of understanding everything. And that is something incredibly hard to balance. And that's why I created this program because we cover everything. You have all the tools. You can see everything from 10,000 feet and from the 
bird from ground view. So let's talk about the first step of what it means to have a wealthy, successful law firm, right? And it's literally three steps. It is not super complicated. So let's get right into it because this is something that you can do at home, even if you're not in the Wildly Successful Law Firm program. So here we go. Step one. Now, what I want you to think about is we're creating a triangle. Okay, so imagine that you have a triangle, right? Imagine that this is the first step, this will be the second step, and then the last step is we wanna to get to this point, okay? So over here is step number one. In step number one, we look at everything that you are currently doing in your law practice. So what that means is we're looking at every single business area. We're not just looking at marketing and we're not just looking at pricing. We're looking at how much money is coming in. We're looking at how much money is going out. We're looking at the number of team members that you have, what you're paying them, how many hours you're spending doing admin tasks, or just tasks that you know you yourself should not be doing, right? We look at your past clients. We look at who they are. Then we try to create trends based off of your, of your past clients to look at who are good clients slash bad clients for your law practice. So, and we create messaging so that you only start working with your best clients, right? We're literally data gathering in this step, right? We're trying to figure out what you're doing by collecting all of the data looking at what you're doing in your entire law practice, not just what you're doing for marketing or for pricing, right? It is a holistic view of your entire business. And that is really the only way that we can figure out what's actually going on because we can't see everything if we're just pinpointing at, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe let's create some strategy and see if it fixes the problem. No, we have to first look to see where things are right now. And we do that by doing a series of assessments. So we do a law practice audit, we do a past client analysis, we do a financial analysis. So let me illustrate this a little bit better. I have a client who is an entertainment law attorney and she did the wildly successful law firm program. And in the program, when she did the audit, she started to see how many things were missing in her business. And it wasn't just one thing, it was multiple things. And her goal was to go from the grade that she initially got, which was a C, and just to make it a B, right? Just by wanting to improve one letter grade, there was a significant impact to her bottom line, right? As she started going through the assessments and she started to see, okay, well, let's look at this financial analysis. Where's the money coming in? Where's the money going? She started to see that her money was going in places that were not bringing in the kind of business that she thought she was gonna get. And it's sort of like death by paper cuts, which is what I often say. If you're not paying attention to your bank statement and you're not seeing, oh look, $5 for this, $10 for this, $70 for this, $100 for this, all of that money is gonna add up really quickly if you're not careful about it. And that will be the thing that ends up bleeding out your business. So literally death by paper cuts. And until you sit with your bank statement, until you put the numbers into the financial analysis that's there, you're not gonna know what's coming in and what's going out. And that's what we wanna do. And we also wanna be able to see, okay, so 
where are you making money? Where are you losing money? What are the months? What are the patterns? What are the cycles? Is it that, you know, March is a slow month for you? Or is it that July is insanely busy for you? We need to go through and we need to see that so that for the next year, when we're creating a forecast, you go into it with the awareness and the knowledge of March is slow, July is busy. So first three months of the year, I'm going to conserve and not do anything crazy because I know that that's how my business is. And in the month of July, I can pick up and do extra advertising, extra marketing, et cetera, et cetera. You start to build the rules of your practice based on the awareness of what's going on in your law practice. Okay, so we just went through step one, which is figuring out what you're currently doing. Step two is quite appropriately, what you shouldn't be doing, right? So we go through and we figure out all of the things that you're doing. Then we start to strip away the things that you should not be doing in your law practice. That is the step that I like to call focus, okay? And we focus through elimination. Now we remove all of the excess stuff that you should not be doing in your law practice. This includes doing things like working with vampire clients that you know you shouldn't be working with. This also includes not offering discounts, right? When you do your pricing analysis and you see how often you've been charging clients, you know, $2,000 versus, you know, in our conversation, if you say, oh, I charge on average $5,000, then you do the assessment and you realize actually you've only been charging $2,000 on average. Now you understand why. It's because you've been offering discounts. It's because when a client calls you and they're like, man, I really wanna work with you, but I can't afford you. You then say, well, for this time only, I can do your will for $2,000 or you know, call me before the end of the month and we'll get it done for 2,500 or whatever it is that you're saying, right? You're offering discounts where you shouldn't be because you're not a Macy's. You're not an Amazon. You are a service provider. You are an expert. You should not be providing discounts, okay? All right, so let's keep going with the things that you might need to eliminate in your law practice, right? You wanna look at places where you are wasting money. So you do an advertising assessment. That advertising assessment gives you an ROI, which is essentially your return on investment. If you are seeing that you've been spending money on printing in some article or some magazine, or you've been in some networking group or something that you have been doing that has not been paying you the return on investment, which is you're putting in $1,000 a year and you're only getting out one phone call or three phone calls and you've only made $300 from it, not worth it right? You need to go ahead and like cut your losses and stop doing that. So not only are you conserving the money, but you're conserving your energy, which is just as important as a business owner, right? So as you're going through these steps, you may start to see that maybe there are people that you need to let go. Maybe there's someone who's full-time that could actually be part-time, or maybe you have a legal assistant, but what you really need is a paralegal and there's a huge difference between the two categories. And you're starting to see that, hey, if you had a paralegal, 
you could ask them to do more tasks for you and that would allow you to bring on more clients because you have someone with this level of experience and yes they cost more however there will be a benefit to it a financial benefit a time savings that you can reap from this investment and you will start to see that in the elimination step, you've been doing a lot of things that you should not have been doing. And the only way to grow your practice is gonna be through focus, okay? All right, so that was step number two. Let's get to the final step. So we figured out in step number one, here's everything that you're doing. In step number two, we figured out here are all the wrong things you're doing, AKA the things that you should not be doing in your law practice, right? Okay, so then we get to step number three. This is the bottom of the triangle. This is where we wanna focus. Remember, it's going from big to small, right? So it's going from you're doing all of these things to now you're just gonna do a couple of these things, okay? And that final step is to create systems around what you do. Okay, so before you get all confused and you're like, Nermeen, I have systems, what are you talking about? I use, you know, uh, Clio, I use Best Case, I use, you know, Practice Panther, whatever it is, right? Let me properly define how I use the word systems because it's a little bit of a jargony word and I don't want to lose you here in the conversation. So system is something that's really simple. Okay, it's really just something that you do repeatedly that you then have found a more efficient way of doing that thing. Okay, that's all a system is, is you've identified a task that you yourself do repeatedly and now you've found an easier way of doing it, a more efficient way of doing it. It could be technology, it could not be technology. It's not just some you know, app or something like that, right? It is a system that can still have human elements to it and non-technology elements to it. So don't get caught up in that word and get confused about it, okay? So here's the thing. A lot of people will start by just creating a system, but that's the wrong way of doing it because like we said earlier, if you're doing a bunch of things that are wrong, if you're giving discounts, if you're working with vampire clients, if you are not hiring effectively and you're hiring people who can't support you as much as you think that they can, or you're charging the wrong fees, whatever it is, right? Creating a system around the wrong things is incredibly inefficient and you're going to be even more stuck and even more frustrated because you're going to have brought in some systems expert some person who you saw online was like yeah you need systems that's what you need and then they create a system but it's based on things that are broken and are not ideal and like just don't work so this is why we have to start at the top of the triangle right this is why we have to start with figuring out what you're doing and then we eliminate all of the wrong things so that we can create systems so that you can focus on doing the right things, which is just a limited number of things, right? So we eliminated everything so that you could focus, right? Onboarding, using technology, communication, like those are all of the ways that you can create a system. Now, let's say for example, 
you have eliminated your bad clients, right? You figured out that you had some clients who were not good clients. You eliminated them. You no longer work with, let's say, for example, um, single earners to create a will. You're only working with married couples because you realize that a married couple is more than likely to spend $5,000 on a will, two wills, a trust for the children, and they're happy to spend that money to feel protected. But a single, let's say, college student, right, is not gonna spend 5,000 or 2,000 on a will. They might be willing to spend like legal Zoom fees, you know, uh, in a couple hundred range, right? They might be willing to spend that. And so that may not necessarily be ideal for you, right? When you are working with that kind of a client. So once you have realized that you are working with that client, that that client is not ideal for you, now you wanna only work with and attract married couples. So then you create that into a system. That system can look like this. You let your client, your, you let your potential referring clients plus potential referral partners know that you only work with married couples. Combine that with letting your front desk know that those are the only kinds of clients that you work with so that when you get the phone calls from SEO or from other referring partners, you can say, you know what? We only work with married couples right now. Then you communicate that in all of your documents. So when you onboard that married couple, you then create a video that says, hi, welcome, I'm attorney so-and-so, I'm so excited to work with you on creating your will. Attached to this email is a series of documents that I'm going to explain to you through this video about the answers that I need and what to think about when you are, let's say, assigning an executor or someone who will take care of your children in the event that you do pass on. And then you go through the questions with them one-on-one -on -one in a video, which you can then use for every single client thereafter because you only do it once and then you replicate that system, right? Okay, so then when the appointment is scheduled and they come in, guess what? They're ready to go because of this video, this system that you created, which was you're only gonna work with married couples. You're then only going to attract them in all of your brand messaging and, and how you introduce yourself and what's on your website and everywhere else. And then you're gonna extend that into what happens when they do start working with you, which is you're using video to communicate with them. You are explaining things to them in a way that is meaningful without it having to encroach on your time, which as you know, by the way, is limited. And then when they come into the office to do the appointment to finalize the will, to finalize the trust, They've already thought about all these things. They're not sitting in your office or taking 60 days to think about who they are going to assign to these roles to be the executor slash caretaker of the kids if they do pass. It's things that they've already thought about before they even entered your door, right? All they had to do was hire you. You then sent out this packet of information 
and you made them feel comfortable about their choices that they made in a video. And then when they are done working with you, when you've given them the final papers, you then send them an automated email that says, hey, thank you so much. I so enjoyed working with you. Could you please take three seconds and complete a survey because your feedback is incredibly important. The survey then becomes your testimonial base that you can share with people on social media, that you can share at networking meetings. And in that survey, you can even ask, hey, is there someone else that's a married couple that I can work with to help them protect their legacy and protect their children? And then you've got referral, right? So you see how that whole process is a system. It's not just pricing. It's not just marketing. It's your entire business, every single department talking to each other, right? It's the marketing, it's the messaging, it's the ideal client, it is the referral partner, it is the technology, it is the communication, it is the effectiveness and the effective way of being a law firm owner in 2021, right? Now notice, I didn't even mention having a secretary. I didn't even mention having a paralegal, right? If you wanted to have a practice on your own, you could absolutely do all of that and be a solo and keep 90% of your income and 90% of the money that you generate in your practice. You don't have to have a paralegal. You can if you choose to, but you also don't have to. So I don't want you to feel like, oh, this is only for big firms. No, this is for you if you are a solo or a small firm attorney and you are willing to look at your entire business. You're willing to eliminate what's not working and you're willing to focus on the things that are truly going to drive growth in your practice and then create systems around it so that we can free up your time and that you can actually be an attorney who enjoys the money that they make, that can have the time to do the things that they want to do, that is not an attorney that's on their honeymoon or on vacation still checking email, right? Because you've got the systems in place to keep your business afloat, even if you're not physically there that day. All right, so I just wanted to share all of this with you and I want you to know that even if you are not joining Wealthy Successful Law Firm, if you just wanna listen in on this, you can totally do all of this on your own. Go through, figure out what you're doing, start eliminating the stuff that isn't working for you or your practice, and then create a system out of it, right? It's exactly what I do with my clients in Wealthy Successful Law Firm. If you want to know more about it, you are obviously welcome to reach out to me. There's no pressure. However, I am here for you if you need any help. All right. Thank you so much for listening in and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye lawyers.